The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy. so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. We do have the Len Dawson cigarette at halftime of Super Bowl One. He is smoking that <laughs> shit, too. He is like, man, I need a good uh, – that Reynitsky scary. I need another drag of that shit. The coaching staff is like, pass that or everyone get a good hit in. Come on. we got a big second half coming up. Oh, baby, smoke them if you got them. Smoke That's em. what I do. <laughs> and I got them, so I smoke them. That's what I do. <laughs> What's My going on? Hey, how are you there, buddy? Good. Good? That, that make was... you feel uncomfortable there? You yeah. good? Okay, no. good. That was from someone was... We t- when we talked about last time that I was with you. Yeah. Um, the, the quarterbacks that were most likely to smoke right. during a game. And then our producer, Pete, says, it actually happened. Uh, in Super Bowl one at halftime of Super Bowl one. Good old oh, Len Dawson. Right. You know, and Len we're Dawson. having dad on later today, so he did it. He smoked. Well, <laughs> he definitely did not. Oh. I mean, there's no way. <laughs> okay. He's too healthy. But I do believe, and I, I we will ask him. I do believe he had some crossover with that era, where I think his first year or two in the Giants locker room, there were some players who smoked during halftime. So I don't know that for sure, but we'll ask him that just because uh, now he brought it up, he got me thinking about it. So I just wrote that down. Big Phil's coming later. Big Phil's coming later. We're going to talk to him about a lot of things. He's got quarterback thoughts. Oh, he's got thoughts. He's got thoughts. He's got concerns. He says he's got question marks for the seasons, and then he blurted out like ten things, and I was like, okay, Okay. let's go down to five here, okay, and figure this out. So, uh, yeah, Big Phil coming up in about 30 minutes. And I want to talk to him about the the comments from Aaron Rodgers because he he and Matt Matt Lefleur. Lefleur. That's how it is. Lefleur. There may be their first butting of the heads. Right. right? Because Lefleur gives them a couple options at the line of scrimmage, yeah. and Aaron wants 15 yeah. or, or 20. Perhaps. Well, yeah, we'll get into that. Okay, and, we'll and you know, it. I know we were thinking about maybe leading off the show and diving right into that subject, but I know that's something we'll my dad's going to want to talk to, okay. so we'll discuss it, hash it out then. I think there's, I think it's being a little bit blown out of proportion to a degree. I think I would say that. Yeah. But uh, I think the thing that I would say just real quickly is I think it's good that they're having this conversation and you're seeing that they're not afraid to have it publicly wherever it is. I think Matt LaFleur is smart enough to know that this is damn Aaron Rodgers and he does do special things in the line of scrimmage, whether my offense has it or not. Yeah. Uh, it would be a good way to kind of break in your offense into a new year, a new team and everything. To maybe Aaron Rodgers gets you out of jail a few times with some of those things he does at the line of scrimmage too. So they just got to find the right balance, okay. but we'll get into that. We'll talk about that. Yeah. But before we move on from the smoking, quarterback oh. we did have a, a crowd response are you a smoker i'm not no, no. how I, many I, cigarettes I, you had in your life zero zero you never probably no 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 well, probably, no no i have okay. zero that's for sure okay but probably, say, <laughs> probably one <laughs> but who can ever remember what happened like 20 years ago yeah uh, no but probably like five cigars in my life okay five I've, cigars five cigars but i haven't had a cigar in probably 
10 years. And Daddy Cigars, where are we at on that list there? Like when the, the son was born and the daughter were, were no, born? No, no, like when my version of the Daddy Cigar, which is there, you put an ex, something extra special inside oh. of that cigar, <laughs> oh. okay? Zero. Zero, Zero, okay. yeah, very clean. Uh, the only thing that I haven't done that's clean in my life is the energy Only drink. energy And now drinks. you ruined that Good. for me. You took that away from me. Thank God. That was my one vice, and now I don't even have that Good. anymore. I mean, become a smoker already. Jeez. <laughs> um, but we, the, you guys out there said, because we, we listed off the three most likely quarterbacks to smoke a cigarette on the sideline. Yes. I think Ryan Fitzpatrick was one. Uh, I forget who else we put on there. Yeah, the, uh, Brett Favre. Yeah, we said, right. We, we could see that Larry Zonka. I put oh, in there yeah. Larry. Larry looks more like he'd pull out a stoge, like a cigar though on <laughs> the sideline. More of you know a cigar I mean? guy. Yeah, he'd be like, ah, run it up the middle again, coach. <laughs> <laughs> you guys out there said, how could you leave off Blake Bortles? They thought Blake Bortles would be one that would be in the top three. I can see him too. He does have a cigarette look like 100%. that rugged, handsome, like marble look. Like when I get done on the farm, I got my Wranglers. <laughs> And my Marlboros, hundred percent, right? And but the biggest one was Jay Cutler. <laughs> I mean, how did, how we did forget you him? stop that one? Seriously, with the, whole, the Jay Cutler meme, which I looked it up, the the smoking Jay Cutler meme. It was born on Tumblr in uh, in 2012. That's seven years old. But here we're showing to our YouTube audience some of the different pictures of Jay <laughs> Jay smoking. That's great. And some of them, you don't know if they're no, real or not. No, you look at them, you go, yeah, is he really smoking right there in that press conference with the Dolphins? <laughs> now, I had always heard rumors that he might have been a sm like a cigarette smoker that like dabbled in it every now and then, yeah. maybe when he had drinks. But I really don't know that. And I feel like it was around the time this became popular, so I, I've never really double-checked. But So we forgot smoking Jay Cutler in our countdown. Yeah, how could, how could we likely, do that? Most likely to smoke. And so yep. we, we've rectified that now, and he is up there. We're, we're making a lot of really good progress on our on our top 40 countdown good we just have like about 80 more to go yeah. no no we're actually into the top 15 i know now. we're in we're in the uh we're in the meat and the potatoes the good stuff here this is I the mean. really good stuff and you say it's getting easier now we're showing up on the screen our, our last five that we've done 20 to 15 last uh mitch trubisky jared goff Derek carr is the last six baker mayfield at 17 nick Foles at 16 then you put kurt cousins at 15 yeah how much, and we post these all on Instagram and Twitter, and so yeah. So you, what you get some heat from your friends? I'm in the NFL sure. As yeah, well. I do. I have do. You, I told you? you, I've had friends and coaches in the NFL. Yo, you ranked him in front of my guy or him in front of this guy. So uh, it's always good to hear that they're actually paying attention and maybe listening to the things I say. Right. And yeah, I have to sometimes defend myself to, to NFL people too. Uh, when people don't have an opinion on what we say, that's when you have. That's when there's a problem. I, you're right. You're right about that. Watch our show. Yes. Listen to our show. Uh, any of the last six that you've done, where you've heard a lot of feedback from, because we haven't had a whole lot. I think people are starting to agree with you. I, I feel like they are. I feel like one of the ones, Baker Mayfield. You know, I, I feel like I got the most pushback from at least some of my football friends with some of the rookie guys. Like I thought it was Sam Darnold, Baker Mayfield, where. You know, and if they had listened to me at the time and things like that, where I, I qualified some of those those rankings to say that, like, listen, I understand they're more talented than some of the people that are in front of them. It's just, you know, it's limited inventory right now, and some of the other guys that are in front of them have proven it and done it year after year after year. But, you know, some of those guys, I think, yeah, they're guys that have I've got, you know, a little star next to, ooh, this could be a big riser. I mean, Sam Darnold could easily yeah. go from 22 to, to number 8 or 7 next year. Baker Mayfield, if it was just on talent, alone yes he'd be in the top 10 he would be 
but he's not there yet. And he made some rookie mistakes during the season last year. And I just got to see a little more proof of consistency and running the offense and winning games and things like that before I, you know, put him in front of some of the guys we're going to talk about and, right. and, and continue on down the list. This is not a, a potential. This is not it's exactly. ceiling. It's this what you are right, right now. now. Yes. Because today. you can't assume. You, no. you, 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 I, because then you would just rank all of the younger quarterbacks higher because yeah, right. you don't know there's potential there. They could learn. No, yeah. And then, listen, some of this goes on projection, too. I understand, yeah. Am I assuming a little? Surely, yes. Yeah, yeah I put Kyler Murray in the top 32 quarterbacks. I get that. You know, I, I also feel comfortable in assuming he'll be one of the five best scrambling quarterbacks in football. I don't really need to see it when he can run like that. And then you hear the things that people are talking about in Arizona and all that. So, But, yes, we're talking about right now, and it's not a career achievement award or what I think your ceiling's going to be in two years. It's right now going into this season here in the middle of June is how I got him ranked. So I'd like to do four today if we could. Okay, sure. Uh, we might have to sandwich him in around your around your dad. Around the big fucker. Um, but – so, uh, you think the four that we have today, are you going to get pushback on these? You, you uh, think, yeah, I don't know. You know, I think we're getting, you know, I, I'm sure I'll get pushback. And I always have a few friends who are not in football who are always going to push back. Like, are you to take him over him? And yeah. Then I have to, you know, explain my case. How was Eli case. not in your top five? I didn't, get, I, you know, I didn't get a lot of those comments, actually. Yeah. Yes, thank you. So let's do it. Should let's we, do should it. we get right into I'm it? I'm ready. Number 14 on the Chris Sims top 40 quarterback countdown is Matthew Stafford. My guy. Your guy. And really my guy, too. I'd like that to be known. Okay. I mean, I, listen, with the list that I at first originally ever started about, with the Blake Bortles number 70 list, you know, that was during the 2017 season. You know, that year when I made up that list, I made Matthew Stafford the number five quarterback in my rankings. I mean, he was a top five quarterback. I'm a Matthew St Stafford apologist for his career. I am, yes. I think he's way more talented than people give him credit for. I think he's had pretty much nothing but shit around him on the offensive side of the ball until maybe the last year or two. I know he had Calvin Johnson, but, man, never a run game, never really a good defense, never a good offensive line. You know, and then last year, okay, uh, uh, was the first year he had a head coach that was like, no, we're going to play, you know, complimentary football and play a team game, and we're going to play the game the way I see it, and we're not just going to go out there and, oh, Matt Stafford, carry us and throw the ball 40 times a game and win the game that way. And you know what happened? Matt Stafford got worse, and that's why he's at 14. Matt Stafford had the worst year of his career. And, you know, I say that. You had him at fifth last I, year. Yeah, I did. So and even you as a Matt Stafford apologist are a little down. I'm going to, yeah, well, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to always keep it real and try to self-scout myself and be real about the situation. I mean, I'm not going home, like, to have dinner with Matt Stafford tonight or any of these guys. There's no personal well, I relationship. I would do that. I would I would, too. I would. Like, I, I like back Matt, if you want to come out, let me know. I'll give the address. I'd love to have dinner with you. But, no, yeah, I mean, you know, I have no personal interest in any of this. And the way he played last year, yes, he had issues adjusting to the cultural and new style of play that the Detroit Lions have implemented there. Matt Patricia, he wanted to play 2001, 2003 New England Patriots style of football. He wants to run it on first, run it on second. Okay, we did it. We're going to play through our defense. It's third down now, though, Matt. You haven't been able to throw a ball, you know, in six or seven plays. You're not in rhythm. But now we need you to throw a strike, you know, on third and 12. And, you know, Stafford is definitely capable of doing that. I, I truly do believe that. But he, he had troubles adjusting to that last year. 
Go ahead. You want to so, say something? Yeah. yeah, I, yeah. I want to get into that because yeah. I, I want to know if they can make that leap. Because right. I give a little more context to that. Yeah. How bad they've been running the ball. They had 70 straight Please, games. Thank they, you. They didn't have right. I mean, a 100 yard rusher. 2013, right? Was the last time, I think, before this year they had a, a 100 yard rusher? They haven't basically had a running game since 1998 when Barry Sanders was <laughs> yeah. there. Right. They've been in the bottom half of the league in rushing yards per game since 1998. Right. They have not been in the top half yeah. since then. Um, There's, their defense is certainly not been a, nobody's going oh my gosh we got to play the Detroit Lion defense at least now in time and in my lifetime yet so so here's where it could yeah. be different you got Kerryon Johnson now who 10 games last year had 641 yards and now you bring in Daryl Bevel who has been known to yeah. accentuate the running game probably why he was brought in no he question been the, the offensive in. coordinator he has averaged 130 yep. rushing yards per game so yeah for the first time since Barry Sanders retired, do you think that the Lions can have a rushing game that will help out Matt Stafford? I do. I do think they will. And I, I, I do expect Matt Stafford to be way better than the 14th quarterback. You know, And I guess I should qualify this. First of all, Matt Stafford's talent is top five-ish in the NFL. This is one of the great arms in the history of the NFL. It is. It gets overshadowed because he plays in a division with the greatest arm in the history of the NFL. And sometimes he doesn't get his due there because of some of the plays he can make and the throws. And I've, I've heard Drew Brees and Brady and Dan Marino all talk about Matthew Stafford's arm because it, it is that special. Um, but, you know, to what you're saying, yeah, they finally have a team around them. They're going to play team football. They're going to play through the defense. They're going to control the clock. They're not going to just let, hey, Matt, just drop back and throw for 400 and see if we can pull it out. And I think that's where he struggled, really, Ahmed, is to me that. And to make like a correlation, this is the one thing I've kind of trying to been say because it's hard to correlate maybe to, to somebody out there who who hasn't played football or been around it, you know, let's just like it's he's playing street basketball his whole life. Hey, you're open, shoot it. That's yeah. our only rule. We got no rules except if you're open, shoot it. And that's what he's been doing. It's just, okay, we're gonna drop back in the shotgun. We can't run the ball. Hey, Stafford, throw for 40 yards, throw it 40 times. We need 400 yards and four touchdowns, or we can't win the game. Yeah. Okay, great. You know. Within that, there's pressure on the player to perform, but there's also not pressure because you're just going, wow, I'm going to get a lot of chance. I'm going to get a lot of shots at the hoop today. Yep. But now what he's being asked to do is like I said on the show earlier today, it's like Gene Hackman Hoosier style, right, who comes in and is like, we're going we're gonna to pass the ball five times before anybody's even allowed to shoot. And he's like, what? What, we're going to run a play? You're going to make me do the triangle offense? All these type of things? So now for the first time in his career, he's being managed. And it's not easy to play that way. I know a lot of people look at those quarterbacks sometimes and go, oh, he plays on a team that runs the ball and plays defense. It's easy to be the quarterback of that team. No, it's almost the exact opposite. You know, when you play that way and the focal point of the offense is not getting the quarterback in rhythm, sure. it's hard to ever really get in rhythm as a quarterback. And I think all those things are the struggles that Matt Stafford went through last year. Missed some throws, Ahmed, that I just was like, I've never seen the guy miss a throw like that. And he would miss two or three every game last year, yeah. which is ultimately why I have him at 14. So it was. I mean, last year he had fewer attempts than any other year since he got hurt in 2010. Yep. So, yeah, it's interesting. An adjustment for him, and so maybe even more he, he, can, he can try to work towards You know, you're just you're being that efficient, more. efficient quarterback. It's like when I do a show, yeah. it's, if you say you got a two-hour show, go out there and do it. And you're like, you're, you're making some mistakes, but for the most part, you're it's like, I'm good. happy with that show. Exactly. Then you go, okay, do a two-minute show. And you make a couple mistakes, and you're like, wow, that was that terrible. That sucked. Exactly right. That's <laughs> what like, I mean. Okay, well, I Every only mistake had two minutes. under a microscope, you're and that's right. exactly what's happened. You know, you throw the ball 45 times a game and make two or three bad decisions. Everyone goes, ah, for the most part, you played good. But all of a sudden, you start throwing the ball 20 times a game, 
and you make those same two or three mistakes, everybody goes, man, you fucked the game up. Mm -hmm. You lost it for us. And you're right. That's a, that's a good example by so you. Let me throw it 50 more times, and I would have done a lot better. <laughs> so there's, there is one thing that I, for any Detroit Lions fan, which I have always been growing up, yep. there's this, there's this um, the debate. It's yeah. Matt Stafford. He's not good enough to be the franchise quarterback, even though they paid him as the franchise yeah. quarterback, $135 million. But at the same time, we realize he is the best quarterback that the Detroit Lions have ever had. And where you see it the most is at the end of games. I was looking this up. He is 13th all time. Game-winning drives, Game-winning right? drives. I know. He has 33 game-winning drives in the fourth quarter or overtime. That's more than Aaron Rodgers, more than Joe Montana, more than Terry Bradshaw, more than Jim Kelly, more than Roger Staubach. Now, granted, the Lions are often trailing yes. in, in many games. Right. So he does have a lot of opportunities. Yeah, sure. He, he had eight alone in 2016, eight of their nine wins. He That's is, a, That was an amazing year. People kind of glossed that over. They were like, down almost every, every game, game. He won for them down the stretch, and they went to the playoffs, and he was about to win them another game. Yeah. But then the pass interference call against the Cowboys in the wild card game got overturned, and the NFL admitted they were wrong on two different instances on the same play let alone it was not pass interference. I think it was a legal contact, yeah. too. And then there we go. We're going to blame Matt Stafford. Oh, he can't win a playoff game. I don't think he gets enough credit for that right. part of his game. I agree. He brought the team back. Is clutch as hell and really been the only thing a team playing the Detroit Lions has had to worry about the last few years is going, oh, we just got to contain Matt Stafford. Yep. I mean, he's been focal point number one. There's never been nothing else to worry about. Yeah, Calvin Johnson certainly was great and all that. I get that. And they had a special connection there for a few years. But that was it. There was nothing else. And I worry about it right now, this year, a little bit with Stafford just looking forward into the crystal ball. Do I think the team will play better? Do I think they'll play better complementary game? And do I think they're going to make offense easier on Stafford and stuff? And I think he'll get more comfortable? Yes, I do. I think all the things are going to go in the right direction. But the one thing that concerns me is still I don't think they have very good weapons in the pass game. I think that's a legitimate question still at this point right Jermaine now. Jermaine Curse they added. They right. spelled Kenny Galladay, Marvin Jones. They added Danny Amendola. You yeah. don't think Danny it's Amendola solid. Totally It's a lot of solid. Yeah, I mean, Kenny Galladay, we've all been talking about him like he's going to be a superstar. But this is like fourth year in a row, third year in a row we're talking about it. We've probably seen him at his hey, at What his he is. Best. He's an awesome number two. That's good. what he is. So, uh, and uh, they got, oh, yeah, they got the TJ Hawkinson in the draft too. So that should be, that end. could be, that could be a help in the past game, especially with the style of play they're going to play with Daryl Bevel and run game, like you said. And Matt Stafford, I looked it up, is the second greatest Georgia quarterback of all time. Second greatest Georgia you know quarterback? Who, do you know who number one is? It was, it was from a while ago, and I would have never known that he went to Georgia, but. Holy crap. Wait, I'm really choking here. Hold on. I should I know this. Second, you wouldn't have known it? No. And are you being funny? No, I wouldn't have known that this quarterback played at Georgia. I don't know. I don't. And he's really in second. And this guy's greater than Matt, Matt Stafford. Correct. What the? Who am I? We, we've talked about him before on the uh, on, on the, the pod. podcast. Yep. Have we really? Yep. I am totally having a brain fart right now. All right, go ahead. Give, tell me who it is. Fran Tarkenton. Holy shit! He went uh, to he, Georgia. I would I would I wouldn't have come up with that if we sat here for the next hour. <laughs> I, I, I have totally it up forgotten online. that he went to Georgia. I totally had forgotten. So it's Fran and then Matt Stafford. Matt, second. <laughs> yep. Okay. I can. And I can deal get, with that. And then you get Aaron Murray. Maybe yeah, probably. You're right. It might be. Not it might many. be Jake Fromm now. I don't know. He might have taken it over already. So that is 14 on the list. Matthew Stafford down from five last year. Our next on the list is someone who was up five spots yeah. the previous year. He was 18th last year. Mm -hmm. Now he is 13th on the Chris Sims Top 40 quarterback countdown, and he is Dak Prescott. Yes. Uh, I'm, I mean, Dak Prescott changed me last year, I think, to a, a true believer. You know, early on in the year with some of his, some of his play – 
um, he showed me the ability to go and above and beyond what the scheme can do for him. Okay. And, you know, that's a scheme down there in Dallas, first of all, that's not overly creative. I don't watch it and go, oh, my gosh, how is this defense going to prepare for the Cowboys and everything they do? No, the Cowboys just kind of go, this is who we are. We're good. We're big. We're physical. And let's see if you can stop us. That's kind of their style of play. We're not going to try to trick you. And, again, a little bit like we just talked about Matthew Stafford and really why I put Dak Prescott in front of Matt Stafford is what Matt Stafford is seeing is going, damn, the way Dak Prescott has to play football is not that easy. Right. And it, this is they're, they're, they're in the same type of situation. Dak Prescott, again, it's about running the ball, the offensive line. We want to control the clock. Our defense is awesome. You know, we want to play that way. Yeah, great. But here they are, you know, halfway through the first quarter, and he's thrown one or two passes and has got no rhythm of the game, and that's just not easy to wet and play. It's not going to lend itself ever to sexy quarterback numbers either. He's never going to be at the top of the list as far as yards and maybe touchdowns and all those things because when they get to the six-yard line, unlike some of the other teams who are going to pad quarterback stats, they're going to go, nah, smash it up the middle with Ezekiel Elliott. And that's going to take away five, six, seven touchdown passes that other quarterbacks get during the year. The right. Dallas is just going to go, no, we're old school. We're going straight ahead. We're going to smash it in there but I think with Prescott you know uh first thing is the size and physicality of the human being I think that is where it starts for me the amount of plays where the stat book is never going to quantify oh yeah it was a 15-yard completion but what happened on the 15-yard completion is nobody was open and he broke three tackles in the back behind the line of scrimmage and then made the 15-yard completion. Right. It just goes in the stat book as a 15-yard completion. But me as a guy who's evaluating the film's going, whoa, that was a fucking amazing 15-yard completion because right. nobody was open. The play stunk. The there's, defense was all over there's it. There's maybe five people who would have made that completion. And he made it happen. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. And those are the things that aren't going to show up to go for people to look at and go, oh, man, that Dak Prescott's awesome. Where I want to go, man, no, but he threw for 275 yards and really only like 280 yards were available. So he maxed out what he could possibly get. That's what I like about Dak Prescott. That offense does nothing, okay? They are schematically kindergarten-ish. That's what they are. There's no other way to say that. And you've seen Cole Beasley come out and say that the last week. Des Bryant's been saying it a little bit. Um, and it's just not easy to play quarterback that way either. But, you know, his – Toughness in the pocket, his athleticism, his ability to throw with people around him, his ability to run the ball, Ahmed, yeah. is also a game changer because it makes defenses have to play defenses they don't want to play when they get in run formations and things like that because they want to go, oh, we want to stop Ezekiel Elliott and do this defense, but, man, we got to do this because – Dak Prescott might keep the read option and run off the back end. Sure. Or they might have a quarterback design run, and we got to be careful of that. So he stresses a defense out that way, too, which also is not going to go on the stat sheet. And that's why sometimes people are going to look at Dak Prescott and go, oh, what's so great about him? Well, what's so great about him is he's an unbelievable leader. He's tough. He can will his team to win football games. The leadership thing is real. I mean, you could see it whether the way he handles himself or the way he got Amari Cooper to break out of a shell the last year yeah. uh, from what he was with the Raiders. I think all of those things really shine brightly through to me about Dak Prescott. And I give him a lot of credit for, for being that leader and performing as well as he has because he was basically thrown right into the fire from exactly. his, his rookie season. He's entering his fourth full year. He started all 48 games in, a, in a, his NFL career right. so far. 
Um, it's got double-digit wins. Two playoffs, twice. right. Yep, couple playoffs. Rookie of the year. So here, here's the question now. Yeah. You have him taken in the in the draft right. along with Wentz and Goff. Yep. You've seen Wentz get the extension. Jared Goff has not. There yep. has been talk. Jerry Jones on the Rich Eisen Show said that they're they're prepared to pay Dak. Dak is their guy. He's their they, guy. They want to lock him up. Yep. The question is, uh, for how much? Yeah, the price. Maybe $34 million a year is what their agency is throwing out floated, there. right. And what does that do to the rest of your team? Because you do play in a sport yeah. with a salary cap, and the more you give Dak, right. the less you can give the complimentary pieces around him. Yep. So, I mean, if Dak Prescott is 13th on your list, you're, you're saying basically he's worth whatever to, to lock him up? I mean, do you have do. to lock yes. him up? Yes, you have to lock him up. I mean, he, $34 million a year? He's selfless, franchise, quarterback, material, unbelievable leader with great physical ability. And to what you're saying, too, when I self-scout myself, he was a guy I missed on the draft in a few years ago. And, I've, and, I, and anybody who's listened to my podcast over the last few years, I bring this up a lot about him because you know what happened with me there and I self-scout thyself is I let myself be too influenced by the team around him and the team itself and put that burden on Dak Prescott to where I don't think I valued him to what he was, Not let alone not taking into account he was on Mississippi State, who wasn't very talented at the time. Sure. There was no offensive players around him. On a weekly basis, he was going on the field in the SEC as the lesser team on the field, and he didn't have any NFL receivers or talent around him on the offensive side of the ball. And he was having to do a lot of it himself to keep guys in the game. And at points, when you play that style, just like an Aaron Rodgers, when you have to play that way and you play a really great team, it can look really bad sometimes because it's just one guy making it happen. And I think that's what happened at Mississippi State. It was just him. And I think, you know, looking back at my evaluation of him, that's where I messed up. But he is franchise. That's a tough league to be the only guy. Exactly right. <laughs> hey, uh, we're going to play Alabama. We got no run game. We're just going to make you sit in the shotgun and throw it 50 times. Oh, yeah. great. Nick Saban and Alabama, all the NFL defensive players you're going right. to face and that coaching. Not only yeah. NFL, the first round NFL defense. Defensive players right, face right, yeah, player. exactly, right. We're talking like top 10 defense alignment and, yeah. and first-round corners and all that. So, yes, that can lend itself to some really ugly play and make people misevaluate. But to your point and what you're asking, sign them up now. Get it done. I'd be too scared. Dallas is talented. He's only going to get better. And I'd be scared that they go 12 and 4, 13 you think and 3. Be better than what we saw his rookie. I year. do, yeah. And I'd be scared if the team does well and they go in the playoffs, then he's going to go. You know, I'll take 40 million. And sure. they're going to go, shit, we could have got him for 33 back in August. We should have done it. And I think 33 million right now, even though it sounds big, I think in a year or two with gambling and the, the rate we're seeing the salary cap go up, I mean, we've already seen Rodgers get passed up by four people. Yeah. You know? So it's going to be middle of the road a few years down the road. And I would do it and get it done. And I think they are trying to get it done. And I think uh, I would not be shocked if sometime in August we heard it, heard it finalized. Although he doesn't really need money because he has the, the Campbell soup money. Campbell's he's, got the, he's already got the Campbell soup money. Well, you know, chunky, the chunky soup. That you know, that's something I'll give for for you. Always brings it up and brings it into credit, like uh, to his credit. Because with the Dallas Cowboys, yeah, you're the quarterback of the Dallas Cowboys. Yeah, I mean, you're gonna get sponsorship deals. I mean, yes, he does that. The Dan and yogurt thing he does as well. Does a, yeah, right. right. He did the sleep number bed. I mean, he's got a few things that he. What's your number? Do you what's know? my number? Yeah. Uh, I'm a firmer guy. Is that the higher? I think you'd be eight. Maybe. I'm an eight. Yeah, yeah, I'm an eight or nine guy for sure. My lower back on the soft bed just does not like it. Right. Are you the a firm? older? I get. Yeah. The You're older, older I, firm too. Used to right? be, I like like feather soft. Yeah, me too. It's like yeah, just let me sink, sink in the middle. Like a hammock or something. like a water bed. Wow. I had a water bed when yeah. I 
And then after for like three years on the waterbed, I was like, this is the yeah. worst thing ever. Why no. am I doing this? I know. I go to a shit hotel and sleep in a soft bed. It's like doctor said I need a bacchiotomy when I wake Look up. Look at, in the he's morning. worth it. He's getting us to talk about the sleep number. <laughs> he is working. Although uh, I do find that Campbell's soup to be like any kind of soup, they try to market it as chunky as being like the least filling meal that I have I ever had. It's not enough. It's not enough. No, it's and like you can put chunky in there. Right. And say, no, give enough. me another can in there. Okay? At least That's another right. can. Probably three. You're right. Exactly right. I agree. When I've done that before, I've been like, this is it? Is this the appetizer version? Ugh. So so this is the other thing yeah. too. Okay. And you know I put a value into this. And just the last thing on Dak yep. Prescott and we'll talk to the big fucker here coming up. And Dak Prescott, just think about the end of the year last year. Some of the runs and throws on the run he made, whether it was the Giants game, game-winning touchdown, scrambling to his left, throwing a 40-yard laser in the back of the end of the Cole Beasley who gets two feet down, which is a great catch, great throw. You know, the Seattle Seahawks uh, game, made a few plays in that game, makes a big run in the end zone, gets his like, legs chopped off and flips into the end zone. You know, the Rams, some of the runs he had in that game for a touchdown, scramble to the left, big throw down the left side like that. He made plays that were outside the realm of the scheme itself and showed that he can make the system more than the system can make him at this point. Yeah. And I put a lot of stock into that. I really do. Because there's only so many really top-notch systems in the NFL that where you know, the quarterback can really rely on the system, play mm -hmm. after play after play. He's not fortunate to be in that situation. He has to make the system sometimes go, and he's proven to me that he can do it. Can he move up into the top five or ten? Can he move up into the top yeah, 10 for sure. Seven under the system, right? Will this system ultimately always hold him back from being a top five Chris Sims, top 40 quarterback? Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I hope I'm always able to look outside the system. Sure. If the play is so ex amazing and, you know, you know, okay, yeah, the stats aren't like these beautiful numbers, but the play is so good. Hey, like years, year past where I've defended Russell Wilson and Cam Newton to go, no, these are top five guys. I don't care what it is, the plays they make. Yes, he is capable of being that top guy. I don't think the system is going to affect me too much in that manner. I think what it can do, though, is if he continues to play he, the way he does play, and if he had a system to go along with it that got him some easy completions, a la like a Brady or a Breeze do sometimes, then the stats would start to match the wins and everything else we want to yeah. think about that to where I think the public would get behind them finally. But with this, the way they play, you know, there's going to be moments always where there's going to be a game or two, and I'm hoping Kellen Moore can do more with this offense, but there's going to be a game or two with the way they play football the last few years where you can just go, oh, it's, this is ugly. Right. This is not pretty. I mean, yeah, they're going to get the win, and he's going to lead them to a win, but it's not pretty. And then people are going to go, oh, well, Dak Prescott's just not that great. It's a little like Joe Flacco with the Ravens in some of those years where yeah. people are like, well, his numbers are not like that great. be like 11 for 19, 100, right. 190 yards, right. And he made two unreal throws, but the rest of the game was kind of like bleh. Mm -hmm. And people go, oh, what's so great about that? And I go, and I go well, that's a tough way to play. Ezekiel ran it 45 times. Yeah, well, and you got to be special, a special type of talent as a quarterback to yeah. be able to do that too. Um, I, we want to keep moving on the list. We've got two more quarterbacks. Two more. Dad coming up next. Yep. Uh, but I do want to promote some other things we got going on. There's other things besides football. Is there? Which, not really. Yeah, right. But every once in a while, we do highlight them. The NHL, the Stanley Cup final, that was great. That it was, was awesome. The Blues won it. But they're moving on to next season already. But first, got to hand out the awards. We've got our NHL awards show from Las Vegas. That's coming up Wednesday at 8 Eastern on NBCSN. The draft is already coming up. we got the NBA draft, but also the NHL draft from Vancouver.
Our friend Matt Casey putting that show together for the draft Friday, 730 Eastern on NBCSN. Cool. I did a NBA draft preview show with the Roto World guys. I yeah. did it last week. You can see that on YouTube and also on our uh, NBCSports.com New page. Orleans has some good picks. Well, we did it before the, the trade happened, the, but I, I give our guys credit. Right. They said this Lakers pick number four, there's like a 90% chance they're going to trade that right. pick. And okay. they, were, they were right, and so the, it still applies, and so you can go check that out over on YouTube. A lot going on with uh, the other sports besides football. It's not all football all the time. It's all not all, kind of but it is on the, on the Chris Sims on Button <laughs> podcast. <laughs> it is. That, that is. is true. Yes. That is true. Hey, Dad, you there? What's going on, Without big guy? Without further ado. Well, I've been here for 10 minutes listening to you, you two just keep yakking on, and um, <laughs> it's been great. Yeah, you know, got a little nap in, feel better, so it's good. <laughs> okay, good. That's all right. You got plenty of time. You're not Look, working. Oh, I got plenty of time. Come on. My, my ass is always on fire. You, who are you kidding? I'm going here doing this. I'm, but um, a lot of sports. The U.S. Open golf this weekend was pretty cool. Yep. That was uh, cool. The NBA Finals, um, the, just the whole, so many unforeseen things that happened. Mm -hmm. But Toronto winning, seeing Kyle Lowry, I, I, I think I was most happy for him. Of anybody, I've been in the NBA in a while just wow. because of how he played. How he played with such, um, what's the word, focused passion right. and brains and everything all together. It was really awesome to watch. Yeah, Dad was amazed by Kyle, the, the, the Raptors, Kawhi Leonard, Lowry, with the fact that, you know, they weren't too caught up in the moment. And I think that's where Dad's going with that. He was just amazed about their focus of, like, we're going to make the stop on this drive. They were just playing the game always. They, they were never played. They weren't worried about, oh, this is a big game in the series or this is a big moment. It was just mm -hmm. play hard and let's see where it goes. And I think Dad was very impressed by that. Well, I think, you know, and Ahmed, you know, too, every once in a while, not always, but there just comes at times, I think, in an athlete's life, career, a game, there's just so many moments where – Nothing on the in the outside world, on the outside world, however you say that, just becomes gets into you, and you just. And I tell you what would happen to me a few times with maybe game plans were great, and it just I didn't hear the crowd, this or that. And I'll tell you other times that it happened to me. I played a couple games where I was really sick, and those games. I never heard nothing because I just had to really focus on doing what I was survive. doing and overcoming my health. Right. That I played great. Right. And maybe that was a key. Maybe I should have gotten sick more often on Saturday nights and, and played better on Sunday. Well, I don't why, know. while you're on that, did you have that feeling the the week of Super Bowl 21? You know, the the week you win Super Bowl MVP. Did you feel like things were going down that road, or at least have an inkling? Yes, I did. I did. You know, I all week long. Well, towards the whole end of the year, you know, I'm not going to go into it, but we were just on a roll, and we were one of those teams, once something good happened, man, we could snowball fast. Our defense, of course, was great, but our offense made a lot of big plays. We were always looking for big plays. You know, it was a myth about Bill Parcells, oh, he's four yards in a cloud of dust. No, he was the exact opposite. He wanted to run it because he's a bully and wanted to control the tempo and all that, but he was always trying to get big plays. Right. And, and I've told you guys a story. If I threw a five-yard check down on third and 15, he would go, well, what are you doing? I go, well, nobody was open. Oh, you're worried about your completion percentage oh, and during the game. I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> so, but, yeah, so the, the, that week of the Super Bowl, it 
we were rolling in so much, such positive, everybody was positive, and our practices were truly off the charts, where we actually cut the last practice short because Bill Parcells was worried, hey, we, we got to say something for the game. I mean, this is, oh, you know, everybody, oh, all, right, all right, guys, everybody up, you know, whatever. It was really so funny because he is never like that. And right. it was probably the only practice we ever cut short in my eight-year career with it was, him. It was almost like things were going too well. Things are going too well right now. Let's not do yes. anything to, to yes. ruin this You know, momentum. when teams say, oh, <laughs> our practice is great, the ball never hit the ground and all that, I just go, okay, yeah, big deal, because nobody was really contesting anything. Right. But we did, and it was going great, and – he literally stood behind me once after I threw the ball and just, uh, he goes, oh, we got to say something for the game. <laughs> like, oh, okay, if we stop this through the rest of the game, it's going to go to the game. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, right. but it was good. It was all great. All so right. what's going on? All right. Well, I, I mean, uh, y- you and I, we got, uh, we talked a little bit earlier. Yeah, and yeah. You, have qu- you have question marks for our, dad, dad, NFL, Yeah, right? dad, this is where dad wanted to go. You got you just things that are on your mind, right, that you just get, you're questioning. Can we, can we start, though, with the Aaron Rodgers thing? Because I'm super curious. Oh, yeah, what, please. What sure. Go ahead. Say about Come on. That. Let's so, do it. So before we get into some of the question marks that, that you see for this coming NFL season, Phil. Well, that so, was one. That, yeah, it so was one. one. Yes. Okay, so, right. so we got it. The, the relationship with Matt LaFleur, or as I like to call him, Lefle, yeah. and, uh, <laughs> and, and Aaron Rodgers. Um, and there's already maybe the first signs of uh, a little butting of the heads. I mean, Aaron's done that with Mike McCarthy, and so maybe it's just no matter who is there. But this, this idea that the offense that Matt's putting in gives the quarterbacks a couple options to pick, you know, plan A or plan B, and Aaron wants the option for C, D, E, and F at the line of scrimmage. Sure. Kind of how you see, see that relationship and, and, and what it was like for you, you know, to, to be trusted by the coach in that capacity. Well, different game when I played. We didn't get into as many things as they do now. We did have some, and, of course, those elements where you had to change it. When it was there, you had to do it. I think what Matt LaFleur, I think we know, you know, Christopher knows, I know, that their offense is pretty much you can go up to the line of scrimmage most of the time and just run the play. And when they do change, okay, we change because we got such a different look than we expected. You change the play. So I think that's going to be different for Aaron Rodgers. Um, I would like to see him trust Matt LeFleur. Is that how you say it? Matt, say it yeah. again? Matt LeFleur. It's LeFleur. Oh, no, 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 I like that. I like <laughs> the other way. A little Pepe Le Pew. Remember Pepe Le Pew? Yes. The skunk yeah. on the sure. cartoons? Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, um, I'd like to see him trust the offense. I want to see him run it the way it's kind of designed because I do like it, and I like it for many reasons. It incorporates everything, running the football, but given the, the quarterback opportunities to really get the football down the field. And that's, that's what I look for more than anything or looking forward to to see if it does. Right. And, you know, this squabble and, oh, my God, it, I, 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 is it Russia against the United States here? The way I look at T oh, he said this. and uh, It's crazy. It's a big, big, fat nothing. And um, they'll work it out. And I, as I said to my son earlier today, do you remember when, and I, maybe I've said this before, and I don't care, I'll say it again, when Green Bay won their Super Bowl with Aaron Rodgers against Pittsburgh down in Dallas? Right. That game was won by nothing but downfield missile throws by Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, right. And I think I told this story, but I saw Mike McCarthy maybe the next year, I don't know when it was, we talked about the offense, he goes, yeah. I'm just I'm just going to design more plays just so he can throw these seams and these skinny posts and all this stuff, and just get the ball down the field because 
He's great at it. And then I don't know what happened, and it didn't take long. All of a sudden it morphed into the offense we've seen for the last few years. Not enough downfield throws. And, you know, probably some of it's Aaron Rodgers' fault. Sure. Just not willing to really take the ball and drive it into tight spots. He wants to see him open. Right. And where he can make the throw, make the guy move a little bit if he has to, to catch it. He's not one to take it and try to drive a seam pass between the corner and the safety, things like that now, which he was back then. He was. You're right. But this is going to be – it's going to be interesting. I think it's going to work. I really do. And um, I think Matt LaFleur being young, his personality and all that, the relationship's going to be different than Aaron Rodgers has had in his whole career. And um, can't wait to watch it. Yeah, I'm, it. I'm with you, too. I'm excited to see the offense with Rodgers in it, too, because it has been, you know, I, I guess to me, you know, Dad, you bring, bring up some good points. Where did it change for Aaron Rodgers that way? Was it the fact that they couldn't pass protect there a little in 2011 and 2012? Uh, where And they had no run game. And I think that's where they started to get into the short passes a little bit. And they got yes. obsessed with that. And yes. then, yes, and I think Rodgers, there was a few years of lack of talent at the receiver position where I think it kind of caught him into some bad habits, like Dad's saying, where he was like, man, that guy's covered. I'm just not going to jam it in there and let a guy, a defender, get a hand in there and the ball pops in the air and gets an interception. And he said, you know what? I'm talented enough. I'll make a guy miss and wait till he gets a little bit more open. And then I'll throw a sidearm laser in there or whatever else. So you're with, I'm with you there. He does leave some, some plays within the normal flow of the offense on the field every week. But you, do you think ultimately, though, he is going to – they'll get this audible thing set up the right way oh to where they're going to the same page? Oh, my gosh, of course they will. Yeah. Of course they're going to get straightened out. I mean, I don't even doubt that for a second. <clears throat> I mean, it's a pro coach, a quarterback that's, you know, of course, has had great success, knows how to what to do and all that. Yes, they're going to get this worked out. And it did kind of change, and I did games I can remember – Mike McCarthy going to me, and Aaron Rodgers goes, look, we can't run it, so we're just going to do this. You know, that's that's when they really, I think, started morphing into all those short passes, right. get rid of the ball, pick up four yards. They were not afraid of being in third and two or three because he can move and make short throws. So yeah. it, it, many things happen. Maybe it wasn't their offensive line because basically it seems like for the last seven, eight, ten years, he's had a uh, – a good solid offensive line in front of him. Yeah, no, I yeah, I was more the eleven twelve season. He had uh, at left tackle. Gosh, I'm blanking on the name. I can't remember who the hell it was. It was it was an issue. But either way, who cares? It doesn't matter. We're, all right. So wait, on to the next subject. I know one of the things that was on your radar for question marks for this for the off season or for the season coming up. McVeigh Goff. Uh, we didn't discuss this. I have no idea where you're going. I just know this is this is one subject you want to hit. What is it about McVeigh Goff that you got question marks for the season? Well, I want to see what. Listen, I think the Super Bowl, uh, the, the the Dallas game in the playoffs, they were able to run the football so well. New Orleans is pretty simple on the defensive side. They don't do a lot. But I think what we found out when game plan defenses, oh, let's see, the Detroit Lions, how about what Chicago did? They were all over it. The New England Patriots were all over the passing scheme and their whole offensive scheme, period. And so Sean McVay, and I think, has to be more creative, have more to the offense, and have more ways to go. You know, listen, I'm a – a firm believer in game plan offenses that you've got to have such an array of plays that each defense you see 
okay, we know they're going to do this and this to us, so we got to have all these other answers that we really haven't used much, and you bring them out for that week. And, um, you know, running the football course solves a lot of problems. The Rams' defense did play much better down the stretch. They were absolutely terrific in the Super Bowl. But Sean McVay and how they change play designs, get more stuff. I had a college coach call me, and his job this offseason or during spring, before spring started, was to dissect the Rams' offense Yeah, because they wanted to use it. Not exaggerating. I'll tell you off the air who it was. Uh, you already told me. I, I you, oh. you told me this. So go oh, ahead. And yep. he just said, wow, there's just not much to it. Right. And I said, yeah, not for college because in college you need – you know, every college team has 14 trick plays and this and that because you get the ball 42 times, you know, 42 possessions a game. Right. You can do a lot of things. But uh, so that when when a college coach tells me that, and then I watch it, and as slow we saw it deteriorate, all the speed sweeps, the screens, the girly. Oh, back, if I had to see another crosser from the Rams, I go, is anybody watching what they do? Uh, so just just more, you know, for for lack of a better phrase, more deception. Yeah, you just, that's what the NFL is about. So I'm I'm curious here because is that just from seeing the offense more? Because I think the consensus throughout the league is that this is a pretty good offense. And and, and Chris, yes, you, it is. You, yeah, you it even is. Mentioned that it is know, a good J- offense. Jared Goff is helped by this right. on this offense. Yeah, is I don't it? think Dad's denying that it's not a good offense. He just oh no, it's a good I offense. Here's what you're going to do. just saying the NFL is caught up to some of the tendencies within the offense now that give you sure. some context clues of what they might do you know where McVeigh does McVeigh doesn't stress you by let's say oh my gosh they're in a formation we've never seen it and they didn't run this scheme the last five weeks on this pass play no they're not about that what they do is they combine a few schemes together and then stress you out within that like dad brought up the speed sweep okay here's the speed sweep okay we have the fake speed sweep uh, outside zone to the left then we have the fake speed sweep fake the zone play action pass then we have the fake speed sweep fake the zone bootleg then we have the fake speed sweep fake the zone play action pass, scream to the running back, right? So then they build this inventory of plays to where you go, okay, it all looks the same, but we can't just say, oh, they're doing this because they do like 12 things off this one little concept. So it's kind of simple, but he stresses your defense out with the rules of the things he can do within that little formula he has, if that made sense. It comes down to this. They just got to put another layer on the offense or two. right. And that's what it is. That's what – we see from so many teams, and, you know, I, I always go to it. There's many teams. Pittsburgh has tons of things they can continuously go to. Why? Because they've had the same quarterback. Uh, basically, he's doing the same system for many years, and they just keep adding layers to what they're doing. And the greatest example of all, of course, is the Patriots. 19 years uh, basically the same terminology, and they just keep adding on, and they can always recall plays, and they run plays. They'll run plays sometimes last year. I go, well, hell, Charlie Weiss put that in there when he first went up there with Belichick. <laughs> right. I mean, they're going that far back, and, and th- that's what it takes. And a good example, the last drive of the championship of the Super Bowl when they ran the same play three times in a row. Right. Well, you know, it is their number one play probably in their whole playbook right now. Yep. Everybody knows it, but they gave them a different look, and they confused the Rams a little bit, made them a little bit slower, hesitant, and that's all you need in the NFL to make it happen. Yep. So great great example there. Yep, okay. So number all three, right. Dak Prescott, question marks for the season. 
No, I have none. It's over. I give up. Dak Prescott is a franchise quarterback. Okay. Okay. I'm so this wasn't kinda... a question. You just want you just wanted to stamp that that thought home. I guess is what you're well, saying. Well, I just it, it's you know everybody. Oh, should they pay him and this? Yeah, pay. What are they saying, Rounders? Pay that man. <laughs> pay that hey, man. He paid that man. Yeah. He beat me fair to square. I don't know if that's a pretty good job, Malcolm. That was, that was okay. That was good as good as but you could do. It, it, he's done it, and and I heard you this morning. You brought up you brought up many great points. Big, strong, tough. You know, leadership is overused too much in NFL locker rooms and in sports. He is a true leader of men. He has what my dad, true grit. I mean, he just, he's tough. He just plays. Yeah. You know, he doesn't look up, oh, we're losing. I'm going to get right. blamed. Yeah. He doesn't care. Not he just about his completion plays. percentage, whatever it is. Right. Well, hell, he can't worry about those numbers because they're never going to be great. Right, right. And it's okay. You know, he, he deals with it. Only usually veteran quarterbacks are good at run, run. Okay, it's third down, you throw it. But he's made a good living and done a really good job for the Cowboys in that situation. And it just, and, and the way he exudes, what he exudes as a person, absolutely has to rub off on the coaches, the organization, and his teammates. No doubt. And, and I remember meeting him, I guess it was his rookie year. Right. Seems like he's been in the league forever now, but, he's, it, but his rookie year, He's, of course, it's going well, and I sat in a room with him. We we're getting ready to do a game, and I said, "Dak, did you ever think you were going to come to the pros, and it was going to be easier to be quarterback than it was at Mississippi State?" And he laughed, and he goes, "You're right. It is easier, and, and because <laughs> at Mississippi State, you talked about it. Yeah, I mean, he he took some beatings that were yeah incredible, right? And he was hard to judge." As a quarterback came coming out, I, I just was saying he was. I, I had to self scout myself after that draft because I, I did not value him as good as he was because of that. You're, you're exactly right. You say, oh boy, you did, uh, don't don't self scout yourself too deep, there, son. You know, I don't know. You'd be a little afraid what you're going to find out. But, um, <laughs> but but you know what? I thought he was going to be a fourth round draft pick. That's what I, I pegged him at uh, coming out of Mississippi State. I think he did go in the fourth round. Yes. Uh, so that was just luck. And just think, they. Not against Connor Cook, but they were going to take Connor Cook, right? And he went before that? Well, they were going to take Paxton Lynch. I think that was the guy they were hot on. Well, that was the first rounder. Yes, right. So there was a lot of that. And, of course, there's always the stories that Stephen Jones was talking Jerry Jones off the ledge about drafting Johnny Manziel. That was also that same draft. Oh, the same draft. Yeah, I do remember that. That was probably true. I mean, didn't Jerry talk about that? The fact that missing out on Johnny Manziel might be his biggest regret at the time. How do you feel about that now, Jerry? How does Jerry feel about that? I feel now. like he feels better about missing out on Johnny at this yeah, point. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, I saw him in the uh, Canadian League. I watched those. Yeah. And, you know, he, I don't know. If, yeah, if I, I know. didn't know his name was Johnny Manziel, I go, well, just, yeah. I don't know. Doesn't look anything. The ball doesn't pop off yeah. his arm. You know, it's all about him trying to move and which he has found out, which he found out in the NFL, found out in the CFL, found out in the AEF. He can't outrun them. Yeah, right. And, and you know, there's the magic. Oh, we're going to count on magic. In fact, I heard him mic'd up for one of those AF games. You know what he said? Everybody be alert. Basically, I'm going to scramble every play. Yeah, right. And, yeah, they just, but so whatever. I don't mean to be negative on him. but So he's still a question mark, Johnny Manziel. So we'll, he's we'll still a question mark next to Johnny. We don't know if he'll figure it out. 
All right. What, what do you mean? Wait, 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 wait. Whoa, whoa, whoa. What? what do you mean we won't figure it out? What? These are the qu- uh, we, Wait, we can remove the question mark. We know I what think, he is. I think that, that, that thing is uh, way down the road. It's over. He, no, he's being silly. He's just because <laughs> oh, okay, he okay, you brought yeah, up Johnny okay, Menzel. Yeah. yeah, it's the yeah, whole there were people the question on TV. <laughs> there were people on TV saying if he's not the first pick, then they should fire everybody that doesn't pick him. And then John Gruden, you know, John, I think this is the guy the team is going to take, Johnny Menzel. Yeah. yeah. Every team that came up that night, Johnny Menzel. I was like, holy crap. Carumba. Yeah, no, there was a love affair of them. You know what happens when you draft what you perceive as magic? Right. You usually get fired. Yeah, that's right. Josh yeah. McDaniels found that out in Denver when he drafted Tim Tebow. Oh, my God. Okay, right. yeah, that's someone. All right, yeah. go ahead. But what else we got? Real uh, quick. Yeah, okay. Two other guys here. I yes. know you, Jameis Winston, Lamar Jackson. They're both guys you wanted to hit on. So, yes. Yeah. Lamar what, Jackson. Okay. The throwing. It's yeah. got to get, of course, you say it. Everybody knows it's got to get better. No, it's got to get a lot better. Yeah, and you 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 got to count on what we got to be able to call plays, knowing if we get them open, you're going to throw it to them, hit them, and hit them in stride, and all those things. And uh, you know, and I said it to many times last year. I was a little surprised. I thought he would throw the ball physically better than he did. Me too. Yes, he did make some good throws. My God, of course he made some, but he doesn't make enough. And I don't think there was a trust factor where they designed enough plays to give him more opportunities. So. Will we see a difference in his throwing this year yeah. and when it comes to the season? Will he look different? Will the offense be more wide open because he's still going to have to worry about him running? He's going to have opportunities. they got a better receiving core this year. So I guess my big thing is i got to see it to believe it. Yeah, a lot of mixed you know? signals out of Baltimore this offseason with Lamar Jackson. Yeah, I don't know yeah. what to think. You know, I, I had said I, I had been told it did not get off to a good start in OTAs and things. It wasn't impressive. Of course, he made some comments. I didn't know we were installing a new offense yeah. and new plays. But I heard that physically it didn't look great. You know, then we started to hear towards the end, oh, you know, there's less, oh, what was that type of throw moments this year, which they kind of tried to put a, like a propaganda positive spin on things. But then we hear, oh, he had a hard time with the verbiage of some of the new play calls and things. He couldn't get out of that. Then he, he, there's talk out there that, you know, he talked about it last week that he might go see Tom House. I mean, if you were really killing it through OTAs and minicamp, you wouldn't be talking about, oh, I'm about to leave town and I need to go fix my game here all of a sudden too. So it's just there is big question marks. The Ravens are having some oh crap moments. Oh, I mean, yeah, and I don't know if they're saying oh crap, but I just know as a guy, and I think that's what Dad's saying, as guys that watch quarterback play and love football watch the game yeah we got some big question marks about Lamar Jackson and where that's going right now yeah I do you're right mixed signals I actually talked to somebody last night and said have you heard anything about Lamar Jackson I thought we might talk about him today and he goes oh, I hear he's doing great and I go where'd you hear that from well I'm just reading some articles I said oh okay well yeah right you know yeah articles it's, it's like people telling me what they're going to do before the draft they lie and it is going to be interesting. I heard a lot of rumors. I won't even say about them. You know, in other words, about how it was going. I did hear it was not going well. They, I think they kind of admitted to that early. Yeah, they did, but, right. And, but I do, know, I do know this. Greg Roman's offense, you know, our son Matt and Christopher's brother was up in Buffalo for a preseason, and Greg Roman was there. And it was a very wordy offense. Yep. And Matt thought it was really extremely well thought out, right? And all that he really loved it. But you re- you had to study, and and it it was just a lot. And right. for a young quarterback, you know, that's a big just going into the second year, that's a lot to do. Mm-hmm. So they they say they've cut the verbiage down, which will be very good. And 
you know, not to get into this, but the less words you say, the more the players learn. If you give them a few words and they visualize the play, yeah, right. that is scientifically proven to be the better way. Why do we have so many words on it in all these offenses? Because they're trying to tell everybody what to do. Right. So if we pick you up this week, mm-hmm. all you got to do is listen to you. You're going to play X. X out. Oh, I got to run it out. You know, so that's that's why the wording has gotten so big because players are changing teams so much. Right. Yeah, no doubt about that. All right. Last, last, last one, James. Yeah, that's right. James Winston. James what did you want to say there? Well, I, I mean – how can they throw it down the field any more than they did before? All right, My so God. you're referring to the fact that there's been this talk, and you know, there's there's a, that that Jameis Winston could be a league leader. Uh, it was in Football Morning in America, as far as here on, on NBCSports.com and things like that. Peter King, who's on vacation, but there was an article written about how you know uh, you know Pro Football Focus could see Jameis right. Winston leading the league in passing yards and things like that, and they're going to throw the ball down the field more with Bruce Arians. Stretch the field. And more. what you're saying, Dad, is they threw the ball down the field a whole lot already uh, with Dirk Cutter. I, I listen. I don't even care what the numbers say. Yeah, I don't care. They threw more downfield passes than any team in the league, in my eyes, as I watched you know, almost every game in the well, NFL. Well, to further your point, too, I believe yards, the ball, yards traveled in the air. Jameis Winston was air only, yards. yeah, our year, our year, air yards <laughs> was only second to Josh Allen last year in the NFL. So that, that does uh, accentuate your point. Well, there Doug. you go. Yeah. And the only reason Josh Allen had more. Because he would scramble every once in a right, while towards seventy-five it go. yards. Exactly right. You know, <laughs> so that he was. <laughs> yeah, and I'll say that for both of them, their numbers can be deceiving because they just don't get cheap throws. Right. You know, the, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers last year under Dirk Cutter, they didn't throw screens yeah, and you know right. dump it to the back. I mean, it was hammer time. All it looked like every just it was amazing. Yeah, right. Now they had a good pass protection offensive line, and I, I think Jameis is daring. All those things, throws it down the field, makes a lot of great throws, much more athletic than we give him credit for. I, well, most people to give him credit for. I yeah. give him credit. He can move around. Yep. And But the problem is he's, let me say it in the golfing world, um, you know, 300 yards down the middle, 300 yards down the middle. Oh, man, here you go, 300 yards. Down, and then, whoops. There it goes. It's, yeah, it, it's four it, holes over on another fairway. Yeah, but what happened? Right. I don't know what happened. It's like right. every once in a while you got to give uh, helmets to the rows one and two because he might throw one in the stands and uh, out of nowhere. And it just the ball does get away from him a little bit. And I'm not going to get technical. You know why. I know why. And I don't know if he's going to change that or if he did. I would hope he does. Just some few things about just don't, don't let it get away. Yeah. You know, and he never misses low. Right? It's always high. Always. Yeah. Always. So that tells me another thing, too. But All right. So June so 18th. It. This is it. You're right. And here, this is what we're going on. June 18th, right now. Bruce Arians, Jameis Winston, if you had a bet, does it work? Does it not work? Ooh. Wow. Yeah. Putting you on the spot, big effer. <laughs> you are. You are. Listen, I, I would unequivocally say, yes, it will work if they – if I thought they had the running back that could get it done. Yeah, you're not sure about Peyton Barber there at running back and the running yeah, game Yeah, I'm just itself. not sure about the run game. And yeah. their, you know, Bruce Arians, yes. one thing I will say about him, he, he he's – oh, shoot. Drew Stanton, right? He was the quarterback for him for years? Yeah, sure. Well, Drew told me the, uh, this story once, and I'll make it fast. He goes, 
I threw a ball, scrambled, you know, for 15 yards, whatever. No, he said, I scrambled for 15 yards, and boom, boom, boom. And I come to the sideline, I thought Bruce go, hey, man, Grace Grandma goes, hey, man, I can't tell you exactly what he says. What are you, a chicken, bing, boom, boom? Stand your butt in the pocket and throw that damn thing. And he, he got yelled at him for making a great run. Stand in there, don't be afraid of taking a hit, and throw the ball. We had him open if you just waited. And I just thought, boy, that's Bruce Arians. That is Bruce he Arians. He wants it down the field. But he is pretty consistent. He will line up and just run it straight ahead of you, straight ahead at you too, which right. is, which we'll see if they can do. That offensive line's been pass blocking for so long. I don't know if you can turn it over into a good run offense here in the course of an all season. Right. Maybe even in the course of a year, it'll be tough. Yep. All right, Dad, you the man. All right. Hey, good I'm a good to talk to you guys. Good talking to you right. too, Phil. Y'all go back to that blather or whatever the hell y'all were talking about before. <laughs> Kristen's quarterback rankings is the greatest thing ever given to the internet. You're crazy. See ya. Oh, is it really? Yeah, greatest thing uh, ever. You didn't know that? Wow. Well, yeah. you know, you know what you should do then, what? son. What? You should ask for more money. <laughs> oh yeah, I, I do every day. <laughs> you do? Okay. NBC, give me more money. Oh, uh, <laughs> you right. know what? Good. Ask him. Just don't ask me. Okay. I'll say that. Okay. All right. Good. You've given me enough. You the man. Moved up so, yeah. from asking dad to asking the company. Yeah. Right? Hey. I yep. agree. Uh, dad. Dad was always. Dad was always good with money. He was. Ge- he was generous. Always generous. I mean. Did you have uh, to work for it though? Was it like chores? Well, and, uh, chores were a part of our our livelihood. Nothing like crazy. I mean, just garbage you know yeah. plates to the sink garbage out to the front of the street yeah. things like that kind of stuff right no vacuuming but no, no, no vacuuming did not really get into it you know making sure that my room was clean okay yeah. other than that but dad is uh, back in the playing days he was a cash carrier always had huge wads of cash on him always and I don't even know why I don't know what he was doing with all that cash but we can ask him that next time so he was always that way but he's always been generous his his motto in life is don't tip over tip he really has taught me that, you know, that yeah. he's, he's always been that way. And, man, when we're ever out with dinner or anything with friends, family, I mean, Dad's always the guy picking up the tab. He's just cool that way. But it sounds like that's ending now. He just told you not to ask Well, yeah, no, yeah, yeah, right. He's done with he's that. Graduated he's graduated to the point, yeah. Yeah, he's got, a, he's got money set aside with me somewhere in some trust. So and, at a, <laughs> and at a certain point in life for everyone, it, it switches, right? I mean, it's like then, yeah. then the kids help out the Help the out parent. the dad. I don't know if that's ever going to happen in this probably, one. Not in the Sims family? <laughs> no, probably I don't not. think so. I think I Big Phil's okay in the cash department. Uh, there are a couple guys, in because uh, Caesar Sportsbook just came out with the the MVP yeah. uh, odds, right. who's favored, who's a long shot. Ooh. You talked about this a little last time we were on because right. you said uh, Jimmy Garoppolo was one of your dark horse candidates. And he would be one of my dark horses. Yeah. He's at 40 to 1. Okay. So that's still a pretty good value right. bet. A, a guy I thought I was saying Carson Wentz was a dark horse, and then I kind of found out to realize he's the second in the – I couldn't believe 11 that. 11 to 2, so we're showing the, the odds on to our YouTube audience right now. Yeah, he's, he's the second choice right now, Carson Wentz. I just, couldn't believe, to, I just couldn't believe that. I, I really couldn't. I mean, I mean, you know me. I think the world of the player. I think he's that special and he's worthy of that. I just was shocked to see that. But I get it, I guess. I that's the public, sports fans, they're smart enough to realize, hey, the the, the award usually goes to a quarterback. It usually it goes to a quarterback who's on a, winning, know, on a team, winning team, right? Team. And he's set up in an area, oh, his first year, Nick Foles is gone, and he took over. So the story is set up there for him to take advantage of it and do something special. Some of the uh, long shots we're showing right now, Cam Newton's at 40-1. to 1. Okay. Dak Prescott is yeah. at 50-1. to 1. I feel like from hearing you and your dad talk about Dak. I, I mean, I, I look at that Cam Newton, Garoppolo, Prescott. Mm-hmm. Really, I would say 
everybody on the left column, if you're watching on YouTube, which is Roethlisberger, Newton, Garoppolo, mm -hmm. Prescott, Cousins, Foles, other than Cousins there, okay, I like the other five all to kind of fit that criteria. I mean, Nick Foles, if the, Jacksonville sure. goes down there and they turn it around and all of a sudden they're 11-5 and five after just going 5-11 and 11 and they're one of the better teams, everyone's going to be going, oh, Nick Foles, MVP. So, yeah, you know, hey, same thing with Dallas. They have another good year and Prescott plays the way he's kind of been playing already. And he just gets a few extra touchdowns and they're 12-4, and 13-3. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think that's crazy. Mitch Trubisky, 75 to 1. If they keep winning in Chicago, yeah. he has okay. a better year. I, I don't know. So, on the, yeah, let's see. The, the right, value's there. The value Mitch is Mitch there, Trubisky. and the team we would expect it to be good. A and good they have team. weapons around them yeah. and a good offensive mind to where, again, yeah, if you got some extra chump change lying around. That'd be one I might throw out in there and go, oh, here's a, you know, here's a thousand dollars for a chance to win, you know, seven thousand five hundred. That's not bad. So here are some of the non-quarterback odds. We have four first choices. They're all at fifty to one. Mm. Ezekiel I mean, that's Elliott, unreal. Christian McCaffrey. That's Alvin how Kamara, much this has become a quarterback award. And Le'Veon Bell. Yes. It, it goes to a quarterback pretty much every year. Did you know back in the, I think it was the 1980s, it went to a kicker. I forget. I, uh, I forget. Right. Who the it did go to the was. kickers. Uh, Mosley. Yeah, I, I know. Uh, who the hell did he kick for? I can't even think was of it. It, Chicago? it was the Washington. Redskins. Holy cow, you were uh, yeah, one, a one-bar guy. I don't think it's going to go to a kicker this year. You had Lawrence Taylor won the NFL yeah. MVP as a defensive player in the 80s, too. But, okay, Ezekiel Elliott. So, who do you think is the most likely then here? So, uh, you got yeah. you, you, all the names on it. You got Saquon Barkley at 60-1. to one, Odell Beckham, 75-1. to one. Right. Uh, David Johnson, 100 to 1. Antonio Brown now with Oakland, 150 to 1. Michael Thomas at 150 to 1. Yeah. But do you figure if, if he's going to win it, then Drew Brees is going to have a huge year, and so probably Drew will win it. Uh, so that's, that's the problem. That's you look at, exactly right. The receivers, they get, end up getting overshadowed by their quarterbacks more times than not. I mean, okay, here's a few names. Saquon Barkley, if the Giants somehow can be in playoff contention, yeah. Saquon Barkley might be. I mean, he's in the category for the best non-quarterback offensive player in football, for my money. He is, to me, the best running back in the game right now. He really is. And I think that's, I think he's got it. Like, I'm not going, ooh, it's close between him and Gurley. No, I think Saquon is the man. And I, I really think we will continue to see that. The Browns explode. And yeah. let's say Odell Beckham Jr. is leading the league in touchdowns and yards, right? I could see him being thrown into that discussion. Uh, Ezekiel Elliott, you know, if he's up there in the lead, and okay, maybe Dak doesn't have a great year and it just doesn't look right, but They're Zeke's leading the league in Zeke. rushing yeah. and he's leading the league in touchdowns, and they're, you know, 12 and 4, 13 and 3. He's one of those guys that I think people look at him as a, you know, He's a face of the franchise type player for the offense, even though he's not a quarterback. So I could see that being uh, in the mix too. Let me just look at the rest of that list just to I mean, see if Melvin, anybody else. Melvin Gordon's an interesting name. I'll it is one because that team's going to put up numbers. They should be good. I mean, I look at Antonio Brown to be another guy where I go if the Raiders are in playoff contention. I feel like more people are going to give him the credit than Derek Carr and company. And I like the narrative there too of new team shows up big and a new team because you're going to get talked about a lot more that way. Yeah. As with Odell right. that you just mentioned. Exactly right. You're going to get all the credit. Oh, look, they were bad this year, and this year they're good. What's different? Oh, that guy's on the team. Oh, it must be that guy. Yep. And, you know, of course, it's not that just that guy. There's They maybe won the offseason with the draft and free agency, 
But you and I both know that that's just the nature of the beast in this kind of conversation. And yeah, the same thing with like Odell. If Antonio is like leading the league in touchdown and receiving yards and receptions and the Raiders get in the playoffs, mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think his name could get thrown into the mix. Those I'll, are at least some that jump out to I'll me. I'll give you one more okay. before we move on. Okie dokie. Josh Allen at 150 to 1. Oh, baby. 150 to 1. That's crazy. Is that just throwing away money, or is there some value in that? Well, yeah, it's throwing away okay. money. It is throwing away money at this point. I mean, we got to see it a little. What do you mean? What if they? I, mean, I totally believe they in win the potential. Games. I believe in the team. You're right. He would be another guy that if you want to go dark horses with, yeah. like, and you just go, Sims, give me a hidden gem that nobody else is betting. Okay, yeah, Josh Allen would be that down-the-line dark horse because I do think the team's going to be good. I think he's second year in the system. They finally got an offensive line and some receivers with him. And he's special talent to where, you know, yeah, he could be thrown into if that combo. everything lines up yeah. and you put $1,000 on him, right. you're, a, you're a billionaire. Man, a billionaire. Not quite that. No. Uh, Just let's outside of billion. So we, we mentioned Melvin Gordon, yeah. and he is a – potential MVP candidate 100 to 1 but if he has a huge year and the San Diego Chargers have a huge year it's probably going to be the next guy on your list who's yes. going to take home the MVP honor and he is 7 to 1 according to Caesars to do that number 12 on your list is Philip Rivers yeah uh Philip Rivers I mean where, where do you start the conversation with the guy? I mean, first of all, just a, a guy I'm rooting for, okay? Yeah. I mean, he's he's got under John Elwayville for me, where yeah. it's like, you know, I want to see, like, this one's for John, this one's for Philip. Sure. Uh, because, yeah, I'm rooting for him. I mean, I think he's a, he's a great quarterback. He's done things the right way, competes, tough, fearless in the pocket. I mean, availability, right? I mean, he's never been heard. Like, he's an Iron Man that way. So all those things are great. You know, athlete? No, not exactly. Pocket passer? Definitely. Guy who can manipulate the pocket. Guy who can stand in the pocket and have just absolute chaos around him and not give a damn and still keep his eyes down the field. That's where I look at Phillip Rivers and just go, man, is he unbelievable that way. Uh, he really is. You know, a little bit like, I, and I, know you, I don't know if you heard what I said with Nick Foles, but Phillip Rivers is one of those guys where I look at and go, you know, there'd be a there'd be a player too. All pressure around him, and he throws a lob down the middle. And you know, Mike Williams goes up and catches it around three people. And I go, oh, that was lucky. I mean, I can't believe he got that. But then he does it like seven more times during the game, and you start to go, well, shit, it ain't fucking luck. He's that yeah. good at doing it, and he's got that great a feel. And that's what Philip Rivers is: aggressive mindset. He's more of a placer of the football. I'm gonna place it in a spot where my guy can only get it, and your guy can't. He's not gonna wow you with like holy cow, what a rifle, and look at that spiral just cutting through the wind and at 70 yards down the field. No, that's not what he is, and he's certainly not that at this point of his career, but he's still uh, a, a guy that wants to attack down the field. His eyes are always down the field, so he's aggressive from that standpoint, and he's still got a great feel for hitting some of those down-the-field shots, the intermediate passes. Uh, he's never really looking to be Charlie Checkdown, yeah. and I look at all those things and just go, yeah, that's where Phillip Rivers is unbelievable to me. In the last two years, and especially last year, you know, he went through phases of his career where he was so clutch and the, the Chargers were always on these, like, we're losing, and Phillip Rivers brings him back. 
Then he went through a few years in like 14, 15, 16 where he got in those moments and I went, no, Phillip Rivers lost the game. I mean, he just made some dumb mistakes in the fourth quarter. I don't know. But he's gotten back to like the Phillip Rivers we saw at the beginning of his career where he's just making unbelievable plays uh, throughout a game, and especially at the end of the game and its biggest moments like we saw with the Chiefs game last year yeah. and all of that in the, on the Thursday night football game. Now, the negative is the arm, which was never special, is to me starting to lose some miles per hour. Whether you want to look at the first three, few throws of that Kansas City Chiefs game, uh, go back and watch that when they were in Kansas City. There's some, man, some underthrown footballs. Some of the throws made in the New England Patriots game and the playoff game where, yeah, it's just underwhelming. Where I don't know if he has the power in his arm to stretch defenses out like that consistently over and over anymore. Or if it is a tight window to really rifle it in there. That's not his game. And that's kind of where I worry about him at this age of his career. Because I sure. feel like New England, Ahmed, basically was like, you're good, you're really good, but we don't think you can throw it over the top of us yeah. and scare us that way, and we're going to challenge anything 20 yards or below and really make it hard. And, yeah, he had a hard time kind of backing them off that way. They're going to have to scheme for that. Yeah. It's amazing to me that he he has been so so durable, started every game. Right. Every game for them since 2006. It's insane. 13 seasons Absolutely going back to, back to San Diego. I called them the San Diego Chargers. They're the L.A. Chargers. You idiot. I feel like that will happen the rest of my life. It was like growing up, there was – Once a, a week, my I almost do it. My friend's dad called the Raiders the Oakland Raiders and that was when they played in LA he goes right. I go how could you call them the Oakland Raiders they've been in LA my whole life and now they're back in Oakland now they're going to be I'm going to call them the uh, Oakland Raiders who knows Raiders. what you're going to call them even when they're in Vegas it's it's, it's going to be a problem yeah no it's a problem i feel like philip rivers yeah. is the the kind of guy who i watch on tv and i don't like him he seems kind of whiny at yeah, times yeah. he seems not like a great guy and then you you learn about him off the field and you learn that it he's totally different than that right. guy. He's well-liked. Yeah. It's it's almost like his public persona is not matching to what he's really like in real life. And I feel like that happens with maybe Aaron Rodgers in the other direction where on the field I'm like, I love this guy. And maybe in real life he's not such a yeah, likable sure, guy. Sure. Yeah. Maybe he's the opposite Aaron Rodgers. Yeah. But, but Phillip Rivers seems like whoever's around him, his teammates who are around him, they, yeah. they respect him. You, no. you hear nothing but good things about Philip Rivers. Definitely. And, you know, I think to what you're saying, too, I mean, early on in his career and, you know, through the meat and potatoes of it, I think there was a lot of people that felt that way because he's, he's fiery and he just doesn't give a shit what the other team thought about him. Yeah. He's one of those guys that truly was like, you know, I like him when he's on our team, but if he's on the other team, I absolutely hate him and I can't stand him. Remember? Yeah. I mean, he used to yell at the other team's sidelines. Remember him yelling at the Broncos and Jay Cutler yeah. and doing some of that stuff where you're like, man, that borderline's on unprofessional a little bit. Right. But he just doesn't care. I think he is that kind of a psycho competitor, and he's just tough and relentless that way. He's all about where football. He man. is all about football. He's not afraid of getting into the face of a defender and, and you know, not backing down that way. And that's what I respect about his game. And, yeah, the Chargers are set up to be good, certainly. I mean, yeah. offensive line, receivers, they got it. Running back, you mentioned Melvin Gordon. You know, the defense seems to certainly be talented. I mean, I would be shocked if the Chargers aren't in the mix of things come, come December and January. It, with all that he has done in his career, I mean, real quick, would you put him in the Hall of Fame? Is he a Hall of Fame-worthy quarterback? Or does he need to have that really big year where they go deep again into the postseason, maybe a Super Bowl run? Does he need one more big big year? I, I, I do think to solidify, like, this is, a, this is a really good – all right, so here, this is where I would state, first of all, do I believe he's more Hall of Fame worthy than Eli Manning? I do. And I know that's crazy. It sounds crazy as I even say it. 
I go, yeah, okay, but I think he's played but at a high level. that's just because you really don't like Eli No, it's Manning. not true, you jerk, okay? <laughs> no, but I think as a season-by-season basis, his play has been on a higher level. But I do think, yes, with the people that vote and things in the Hall of Fame, those, you know, lack of marquee wins or marquee moments could come back to haunt him. He's going to be an NFL legend no, not, no matter what, and I think ultimately he will get in the Hall of Fame even if he doesn't have this playoff run, mm-hmm. just because the numbers and the toughness and the fact that he was so relevant and the Chargers were so relevant for so long because of him, I think ultimately he is going to get in. Uh, I'm not no- necessarily sure right here, sitting here right now today, that I'd say he's definitely worthy of that. He's definitely a fringe candidate. Sixth all-time in touchdown passes, but probably is one of those guys with the committee we'll talk about, think right. about. Nah, well, you know, that's a question. Quite, I, I want to have that conversation with some old quarterbacks one day. I really do. And I've been meaning to ask people like Dan Marino when I see them and John Elway and I, even my dad. like About the numbers now? Yeah, like where would you, like, what is the number? Like, if Dan Marino watched football today, how many extra yards does he think Tom Brady or Peyton Manning have just because of the era, the screens, yeah. the picks, all these things that really weren't available to them? What's the number they would give to them because of just the era? I mean, to me, it's almost, I would say it's close to 20,000 yards. You know, if you played 15 years from 80 to 95 and you played 15 years right now in this era, I think you're worth you're you're, you're getting a free 20,000 same in this talent era. level, same talent right, level you as get. compared to that era. Right. Yeah. Because the rule, I don't know. I'm just saying that's just food for thought. I'm throwing it on the conversation. League average, maybe league average numbers. Yeah, maybe you can figure it out. Right. Increased right. Since then. Yeah. yeah. Um, and can you name all nine kids for Philip Rivers? Absolutely family? not. Just throw random names out there. There's a good chance that he has a kid. What is it? Six girls, three boys? So seven girls. Two boys? Th- three, two boys. Right. Uh, they just had a girl bo- born in March. Okay. So they have nine. So just start saying some names, see if you get. Charlotte. No, they no. don't have a Charlotte. Samantha. No, no Samantha. Are we going more southern names here, maybe? Uh, a couple. Cother, uh, Anna Beth. Anna. Yeah, Anna. Okay. Is there, they're new, one born in March. Three. You got Anna. One for three. Okay. Megan. I don't no know. No Megan. That's not southern at all, but mm-hmm. I just came to my head. Sharon. No Sharon. Damn, I'm blanking on my southern names. <laughs> okay. Okay, you got you got uh, eight more. Give me give me a, a first letter. S. There is an S there first is a, letter. I said Samantha, Sharon, Savannah. Not Savannah, although that's a great guess. Oh, I know it's such a southern name there. They have a Sarah. They Sarah. do have a Sarah. Damn it! I got to an answer. Sarah, um, and she's from the south. What an idiot I am. Here's a G. There's a G name, very southern. Georgia. Not Georgia. Jeannie. Not Jeannie, no. although that's a good guess. Yep, I have an aunt that's Jeannie, and she's from the South as well. Grace. Grace. I feel like Grace oh, is a very Southern man. name. Yes. Haley, Caroline, Grace, Gunner. Caroline, I should have guessed. Sarah, Peter, Rebecca, Claire, and Anna. Just wow. In March. So Gunner and Peter are the boys. Gunner and Peter. All right. Peter, seven. Gunner, Rivers, Gunner's Peter, 10. Rivers. Yeah. All so right. He's got a baseball team. He does. He's got a baseball team. Gosh, I can't even imagine them and nine, nine kids. Nine. Please, and no. Nine. And he still I makes the commute. They live in San Diego. Yes. And he commutes from that LA to San Diego. You've seen that. I've it, seen it. The, the thing SUV. he travels in, right. He's got it all tricked out in the back, right? right. Big, big screen TV, can watch film, 
He says he watches more film now than he probably did when he was in San Diego because that's all he does on the ride home. And He's fucking in L.A. traffic, of course. Work. What else has he got to do? <laughs> yeah, that is He's true. like, I've been in the car for two hours, honey. And she's like, well, where are you at? He's like, I'm just outside the facility still. Yeah, we just I got. I just moved a <laughs> mile. The gate went down in the, yeah. in the facility, and now we're now I'm well on my way. So uh, Philip man. Rivers, he was at 13th last year on your list, 12th oh, okay. this year. So by 2032, he'll be number one if wow. he sticks around that long. Incremental creeping up uh, we got I think we got time for one more on your list I'm glad because I want to talk about this guy Good. number 11 who was third yes. on your list last year has right. dropped all the way to 11 he is Carson Wentz Carson Philadelphia Wentz. Eagles right I mean apparently the second leading candidate for an MVP <laughs> this year your dark horse my dark horse at number 11 but you know again okay just to just to clarify with when when I had him number three mm-hmm. I made that list up the year he was about to be the MVP of football I, I probably made the list up, that original one, about two weeks before he tore his ACL. It was right around that time period. Yeah. So he was absolutely, without a doubt, just kicking butt at that point. Now, here, there's the thing with Carson Wentz and why he's number 11. It's really availability is the number one reason he's, he's number 11. The talent is top five talent. The talent to carry a team, you know, make plays off schedule, scramble, run, throws on the run, stand in the pocket. He can do all of those things. I've made the comparison many times. He's really, to me, a little bit more physically gifted version of Andrew Luck. That's how I look at Mm. uh, Carson Wentz. But now, hey, when you hear about the things, a little bit about the leadership and, you know, how the team perceives them in the offseason. And, of course, the injury thing has to play into the, to the rankings here and what he's doing. I don't know exactly, you know, what he is or where his mind is at at this point. Well, don't you think the injury thing may affect his leadership? It's like, it, how do you lead could. a team if you're not out? They win a Super Bowl without you. How do you really be it's, a leader in that environment? You're, you're definitely. I think that's a valid point. You're right because, yeah, yeah, you're not out there. You're not available. And now you're not able to lead the team in some of the most crucial moments of the year. And, yeah, we're not sure about that aspect of him. You know, I don't have questions. The one thing I'll say about the play last year, and and a lot of people look at it and just go, well, Nick Foles came in and they won games. And when Carson Wentz was in there, they weren't that great. Okay, I get that. But, you know, people forget that, like, you know, Nick Foles started the season out one and one. And, and the one win was the, the opener against the Atlanta Falcons. He didn't play good. They won, but he had, like, horrible stats. He didn't play good. Yeah. And then they went down to Tampa Bay and lost that game, you know, handily, handedly to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So this is a team that was kind of in Strugglesville, Super Bowl hangover early in the year. Then they got banged up. Carson Wentz came in. There was offensive line injuries. Guys on defense got hurt. Running backs banged up. No Darren Sproles. Had all these issues. They were kind of trying to figure themselves out. And really, by the time they started to figure out how they wanted to play, Carson Wentz got hurt. Nick Foles came in and took over. And we all just went, well, they made one change. And it seems like everything was different and no there was a lot of things that went on there now I do think that the Eagles you know get too enamored with Carson Wentz's ability at times this is one of my things that I've I even yelled it on TV last year at the Eagles and when Nick Foles took over I just went why weren't we doing some of these things when Carson Wentz is the quarterback why weren't we being more patient with the run game where were some of these play action passes right. and I felt like at times last year they let Carson Wentz have a little bit too much of the run of the roost. You call the play at the line of scrimmage, and, you know, he'd get them in the right play, and it'd be, 
you know, a four-yard completion over the middle to Zachary. It's got a little Charlie check down-ish, and I think they also got away from what made them as a team really good offensively because they were enamored by his smarts and physical ability. They were just going to be, oh, we're going to throw it and let him make plays. Right. And that's not what they're built to they do. They protected Nick Foles, and you feel like maybe they should have protected Carson Yes, they, yes, yes, exactly right. And it's not even about protecting. They just, with Nick Foles, they played to their strengths as a team. Sure. With Carson Wentz, they just went, ah, we'll just play to Carson Wentz and he'll make it happen. And, it, and that does happen in the NFL. It, Ahmed, it happened to me. I, I, it's, I've seen it happen to other guys when I was on the roster where the starter's playing and you're running this offense and now the starter gets hurt and the backup's in and everybody feels the pressure of, oh, we got to help the backup, right? And all of a sudden the coordinator designs 20 new plays and you're sitting there as the guy that just got hurt as a starter going, where the fuck were these <laughs> plays that I was playing? Yeah. Well, I mean, if we did this, I probably wouldn't have been hurt or I'd still be playing. He wouldn't have benched me. Yeah. And that does happen in the NFL. Oh, well, hey, we got to help this guy out. And the starter who's got all the talent, we just go, oh, we don't need to help him out. He'll, he'll figure it out. We just run those yeah. same plays we ran in July, and he'll, he'll make it happen. And, other, and it's just not that easy all know, the time. And other players probably feel empowered, too. It's like, hey, we're going to have to lean on you a little bit more. Hey, to your no. running back, to your offensive line, we've no, got to lean on you exactly a little bit more. Exactly right. Like, okay, we're cool. going to design we'll more up. for you just we'll to, for you to up. do it. Right. You know, a wide receiver, we're going to give you a few plays that are just easy completions. Yeah, great. That should be being done no matter what. That's yeah. what they do for Tom Brady and Drew Brees already every week. And I think sometimes that gets lost with some of the more talented quarterbacks. If I was to tell you, yes. because Carson Wentz, this goes back to, you know, he broke his throwing wrist his senior year at North Dakota State. So he's had injuries basically every year last uh-huh. year with back spasms. Yes. Before that with the ACL. Yep. Uh, hairline fracture in his ribs uh, in 2016, his rookie year. So if I was to tell you Carson Wentz will not get hurt ever again, Ever again. He's mm-hmm. never going to get hurt again. Where would he be on your list? Oh. If injury was not a concern for you, how high do you think he would be yeah. on your list right he's now? He's like, he's right there, you know, fringe fringe top five-ish. You know, if I got to see a year or two of just, okay, he played, he's healthy, because mm-hmm. he is, he's that kind of guy. Like I said, I, you know, I view him as a more talented Andrew Luck. And I really do think he is going to have a big-time year this year. I just would be shocked. I just think there is too much talent, and I can tell. And anybody wants to go look it up, this was always my concern with Carson Wentz. If anybody wants to go look up one of my old Bleacher Report videos when Carson Wentz was coming out, I said I have no concerns about Carson Wentz, the player. My only concern ever about him was staying healthy, because it showed at North Dakota State. He played a style of football that you just went. He doesn't know when to give up on a play. He's so physically gifted that he's never had to worry about it. But you do have to worry about it once you get into big-time football because there's just, you know, animals on the field, for lack of a better phrase, okay, who are just you haven't seen. I'm sorry, they weren't in North Dakota high school ball. You know, yeah. and now you get to the NFL and you go, well, my whole life I've been draggling around a defensive tackle when he's on my back. Yeah, yeah. well. He was one set. Exactly. This is a different. Fletcher Cox is a little different than the way they grew him out in North Dakota State. So yeah. sorry. And, and your knee's going to blow out. Or you're going to break your rib if you think you're going to sit there and do that. They so, gave him money. They gave him that you because know, they believe in the extension. They they're hoping. They, you know, they they're see hoping it. he stays healthy. They right. see the talent. You're right. They see the talent. They're hoping he can stay healthy. Yeah. No one knows. No one knows for sure if he can. And some of it may be random. Some of it may be just yeah. Right, like you say, not not knowing when to, right? to get down. Had some moments last year of forcing the issue too. There were certain games, you know, where I felt like they got down. He at the Saints game. That would be one that jumps out to me. They got down. They're not playing good. He just 
throws a bomb post down the middle of the field. It's double coverage. I mean, yeah, you know, it looked pretty, and then, damn, it went off the screen, and it looked like you launched it good. But, you know, he let the, san the situation panic him into some bad decisions and bad moments, I thought, during the year, too, which is also, let alone that with the injury stuff, is why I got him at 11. But, hey, the guy's got a top-five talent yeah. and top-five potential to be there on a consistent basis. I hope he can stay healthy, too. Me, and, too. And, I'm rooting for Carson Wentz big time. While I was researching him, I did. Uh, I, I went deep on his North Dakota State career. Yeah, I, I really. I was curious about it because you just don't hear about it. Right? Yeah. You just don't hear about quarterback no. players. Period. Coming from North Dakota State. Right. Uh, Even though they've had more players drafted in the draft than Texas has the last like, six years. That. Can you believe that? Yeah, which is embarrassing. So he he was not a four-year starter there. No, was it just a two-year? Two-year starter. Right. Played behind Brock Jensen, the legendary Brock Jensen, who actually is legendary yeah, that's right. there. He is there, right? Because they won what, like three national championships? Three national titles. Right. Uh, he signed Brock Jensen, signed with the Dolphins as an undrafted free agent. Played four games in the CFL for the Ottawa Red Blacks. They won the Grey Cup that year. Wow. This guy's a known he's winner. A winner. And now he's at uh, Edward Jones Financial Advising Company in Minnesota. Wow. Probably winning again. Winning. I, I, I went deep. I told you, you I went, went deep. deep on Good this for you thing. though. Well, and you know what? We're going to go deeper on Carson Wentz as the week goes on, too, because I'm going to do a little bit of a quarterback school, some of these social videos I've been doing, just to show oh. little nuances and mechanics of quarterbacks, things that jump out to me. Carson Wentz has a few things, too, mechanically, that I think could be cleaned up or, or you know, minutely scary to me a little bit. Yeah. One of the things I've always heard about him, and I heard this from people even in college, that he has had some elbow issues throwing the ball. He wears a sleeve on his throwing elbow. Now, I, a lot of quarterbacks do that because it looks cool. Mm -hmm. Allen Iverson started that. But I do have the sense just from hearing from people in Philly and college that there is something he has to manage there. And I'll get into that a little bit. He does put a little, lot of stress and torque on his elbow. And I am going to make a little video about showing what he does there that causes some of those issues. You know what I have to say about that? What do you got to say? You can't change your throwing style. You can't do it. <laughs> Mike Florio told me, taught me that. He taught you that? Yeah, he yes. taught me that. I well, I hopefully Mike. taught him the other way around. Well, and you know, that's another good conversation just for people who don't watch PFT or do that. Like, yeah. You can definitely change a guy's throwing style. Now, the, why it gets publicized that you can't, and I heard like radio and TV people all last week, and the example they always give is Tim Tebow. Yeah. And I want to go, but wait, you can't, guys who can't throw, it's very hard to change them because they could never throw. So right. there's an issue there. But Aaron Rodgers changed his motion at the start of his NFL career. I mean, he did it. Why? Because he was naturally gifted to do it anyways, and he had some of the core principles to be a good thrower to go along with it. He was natural, so he can make some tweaks. Tom Brady's done it. There's been a number of guys do it. And sometimes guys do it, and people just don't have enough of a well-trained eye or, or, or not school. It's very subtle. It's very subtle to where you might not even know if I really we sat down in front of a TV screen and I pointed out and said, hey, look, he's holding the ball lower. He's doing this with his shoulder. And you go, damn, you're right. He did change this type of, type of stuff to where I just don't think, you know, right. everybody realizes it all the time. Are I've, we done? I have too much fun, though. Can Did we, you? We'll, we'll go one more hour. Let's go one more hour. Hey, your chest is getting hard. Good Pretty thing you good. got off those energy drinks. It's giving you some and muscle. you know what else I'm doing? What? Intermittent fasting. Intermittent I'm fasting. I'm changing my whole life. Are you? Yeah, you don't eat. I don't eat until noon every day. Is that right? Yep. 
Does, how starving noon. are you at noon? It's, I've gotten better, actually. Have you? Yeah, my stomach growls, but it's good to feel hungry. It's like good to feel pain. Like when you hit me in the chest right there, yeah. that hurt a little bit, but right. it means I'm alive. How about you just don't fast so much and maybe you work out a little more? No, I can't do that. I don't have time to do that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Are we done? Because I'm yeah, done. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Well, we are out. Hey, please, comments. I, again, I always invite the discussion about the quarterback ranks. You got any good points? We'll certainly dive into it. Thursday will come out uh, another podcast. Got more quarterback rankings to hit. We're almost into the top 10 yeah. of the quarterback rankings. I'm pumped to have some of these discussions. Uh, you know where to get at me. If you want to watch youtube.com slash NBC Sports for Ahmed Farid and Chris Sims, we are out. I'm going to go work out. Are you? Please. Push-ups. Peck deck. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour.